Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own easy breathe ventilation system you can get it installed or diy kits are available just call 866-822-7328 or visit takechargeofyourair.com and receive 20 percent off today when you have health insurance it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs that can be a lot of money but are your bills accurate it's estimated over 50 percent of medical bills contain errors HealthLock can help HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling wrong codes and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Via Congress's March 2022 hearing on the neglected epidemic of missing BIPOC women and girls, Black women and girls are too often ignored when they go missing, and they go missing at much higher rates than white women. Even with cases being underreported, Black women made up more than one-third of all missing women reported last year, which is far higher than the nearly 15% of the population that Black women account for nationally. Human trafficking also disproportionately affects Black women with the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, issuing a recent report concluding that 40% of sex trafficking victims were Black women. These factors contribute to the disproportionate number of missing Black women and, unfortunately, much of the same applies for many other minority populations. These numbers are shocking, yet likely lower than reality as crimes against Black women and BIPOC women in general are underreported. Black, Brown, and Indigenous women often receive less attention from law enforcement, are often afforded less empathy, and viewed as responsible for their circumstances. Further adding to the issue, media reporting of BIPOC women pales in comparison to white women, most recently displayed in the tragic case of Gabby Petito, which received nearly 24-hour coverage until her body was found. Yes, she deserved to have this kind of media attention, but so do Black women, Brown women, and Indigenous women. Devastated by the statistics nationwide, today's guest was moved to action, prompted to initiate a campaign to raise awareness one step at a time. Working to eliminate violence, murder, and trafficking in Arizona, he is the founder of the nonprofit organization Respect Our Daughters, with which he is currently engaged in his My Sister's Keeper walk, where he is raising awareness about this invisible epidemic by walking almost 40 miles per day, making his way from California to New York. Here with us to discuss this urgent issue, his advocacy work, and share more about his cross-country journey, we have today's guest, Mr. France Beasley. This is our daily story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Man, I'm well. Thank you, brother, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I bet a bit tired after today's walk. I'm sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it's humid in Texas and, yeah. uh, and hot, but uh, yeah, we got through. But it was. Uh, it was definitely a, a tough one today. Wonderful, wonderful. We're well, glad to hear it. So, 
Um, why not share a bit about yourself? You know, tell us a bit about your background and sort of what led you to really to this walk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm from I'm Franz Beasley. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, uh, originally from Phoenix. Um, and for over the last decade, I have been involved in reentry work, pre prisoner reentry work as uh, adults, women and men are being released out of jail and prison. Um, mm -hmm. I provide them with resources to help them to get up on their feet and, and to start building success, whatever that looks like for them, but mainly to to help them to establish their lives. Um, and I've been blessed to be able to do that type of work for over the, like I said, over the last decade um, in Arizona. And one of the things that I had started discovering, we work with about a 200, 220 new adults, new faces each month. Okay. Um, and about half that number is, is women. Um, and a great deal of those women that are being released are women of color, black, brown, and indigenous. And what I had noticed over the years was as the relationship would build, our professional relationship would build, they would become more intimate in regards to the type of information they would share. And mm -hmm. the majority of the ladies would all say the same thing, that, that about two thirds of them, in fact, would say they had a history of violence, uh, abuse. They had been trafficked. Uh, many of the women had even gone on and been, been murdered themselves later on. I mean, it was it was it was a sad statistic that they just kept happening. And after a while, after seeing that many women and, and, and so many women continually saying sort of the same story with just different, different, you know, different that details and so forth to the story, it, it right. started becoming to the point that I wanted to do something about it. Um, and that organization that I have is AZ Common Ground. Um, Respect Our Daughters was actually an organization I started to address the issue of violence and trafficking against women uh, in the state of Arizona, more specifically in Phoenix, where they have five major hubs there where they traffic women. Um, and so we began doing demonstrations and so forth. But it was it was to just to start to to get especially men to stand up. Um, and and I, I just called out and thank God it was so many of of of, uh, of my black brothers that would stand up with me. Mm -hmm. on street corners, marching with me throughout Phoenix, but addressing the issue. Um, and then, of course, uh, what ended up happening is I, I began just the ongoing research uh, to see what was happening nationally. Um, and there was another story uh, that popped up, uh, and I want to say it was around 2016, where it was actually an indigenous young uh, little girl that, that had gone missing with her brother. They had, uh, her name is Ashlyn Mike. Uh, and the story came up where uh, they were taken by a stranger. She was brutally assaulted and, and left for dead. Literally, she she was murdered and the little boy got away somehow. And just for some reason, that story stayed with me um, over the years. It just it bothered me to the point, I guess, just as a father uh, to see the lack of of response time to this little girl missing uh, yeah. just everything. You know, it was hours before law enforcement even knew about this child. And, and it, what's interesting is the man that murdered her and raped her literally admitting to permitted to police later that he had left her alive. And, and it just it was these type of details that started really eating at me. Um, and I knew I wanted to do something, um, uh, you know, at the time of just being busy, you know, raising a family, running nonprofits. It just became it's, it's really tough to be able to find more time to do things. But I knew something was coming. Um, um, after the my mother passed late uh, last year in December, December 24th, in fact, um, I just felt it in my spirit literally to begin a walk, uh, to begin a walk uh, of awareness, especially when I just kept educating myself around the numbers or when it comes to um, black, brown and indigenous women. And you mentioned Gabby Petito earlier, and, and that was one of the things that, you know, although her story is tragic, she she deserves 
uh, every bit of that 24 hour coverage she was receiving right. as a 48 year old man. One of the things that I, I, I had to ask myself and I asked you, I ask every audience that I've ever spoken to. When was the last time you ever remember a woman of color period ever receiving that type of, of, of coverage? I mean, just ever. And the reality is you already know the answer. It's a rhetorical question. You know, it's, it's, it answers itself. You know, you've never seen that. Um, and, and, you know, do, do all, do all victims of crimes of, of this sort deserve that, that exposure? Of course they do. Um, but, the, but my point is simple. It, it, to me, when you tell me that, that a woman of color has never received that type of exposure ever, uh, it, it speaks to worth. It speaks to value. It means that you are less than someone else. You don't deserve that airtime. And, and that's what I feel. I, and, and I felt if I could walk across this country, that possibly we could we could begin a national conversation around this issue, um, because I feel that oftentimes. You know, if, if George Floyd is murdered by a police officer, we immediately start a movement. Black Lives Matter will get involved. There's so many groups that get involved. We, we stand up in rage as we should. We get involved. But you know, then it's on to the next and it's on to the next. And then who's the next name that'll pop up. But what I had noticed was, is that what is going on, this epidemic that is against women of color is, is a fight that has to be ongoing. It can't be a movement that starts behind one person. Okay. There's a George Floyd. Well, who's next? And then who's next? This one is one where we, our communities are literally under attack. Um, and we have to be able to identify why it's why it's able to be attacked. Why are we vulnerable and how do we stop this vulnerability? And I, I just knew that we could start this conversation. If we could start identifying gaps, if we could start looking and, and talking to the different policymakers, to law enforcement, to, to community, to, to the families of the missing and murdered. I, I just in every way to survivors, I, I, I'm seeking answers. And right now it's, a, it's, it's about a learning curve. But let there be no mistake about it. I want answers and I want to be able to to start working on those gaps. Um, and uh, and so much of this is about exposure, about making sure that we get equal representation in the news, that we are valued, that we also uh, have to be people that have to fight for airtime. And uh, and that is just something that I that I that just dropped in my spirit. I, I knew that we needed to keep this conversation going and and hopefully that organically over time it would begin to. To, to draw attention and that maybe we could start to speak. And, and, and that is how it all began. Uh, it's, it's been a long journey getting here, uh, but it, it's been a longer journey getting here than the journey that I've been on, if that makes sense. So, sure. um, but yeah, it, every bit of it is about, about addressing our needs as, as people of color. And, 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 uh, and I just, I, once again, I cannot stress that enough. You mentioned it at the top of the show. Um, it, it to me when when we do not receive the same type of treatment at all in regards to um, news coverage, mm -hmm. it lets me know right away you're speaking to value. You're speaking to intrinsic value. We we are less than, and we do not deserve that airtime. And that is what is being, as far as I'm concerned, that is what is being, um, you know, given to me. That I'm I'm understanding it from that perspective, and I I want answers to that. In fact, now I'm walking across the country to demand answers to that. So, so what is it about walking across the country that, that stood out to you as a way to address this, as opposed to, you know, protesting in other ways, perhaps more traditional ways? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it to me was, it was, I, I, I because I, I wanted to have more of a journey of learning also, mm -hmm. um, you know, as, as working in nonprofit and, and, and dealing with government people, sometimes, you know, what I start realizing is most of the time you're receiving things from a report or some statistic. 
And it is always a 30,000 foot viewpoint normally that you're looking from. It's always, and I, I knew that in a, on a journey, sometimes you have to get out of your car and you have to speak to people and you need to slow it down and patiently go and listen to people. Um, and that's what I knew I, I had to do. A, a 90% of this is about learning and hearing from the people themselves, from the survivors, from the families. And Ramsey's that it that to me has completely changed everything about my life. Just being mm -hmm. able to uh, take a moment to hear people. To when you when you've heard a hundred mothers, different mothers, all explaining very similar situations that went on and how things were handled by law enforcement, how things were handled. It, it be it be you begin to create a learning curve for yourself and, and hearing how law enforcement also sees it, seeing it from you know a government standpoint. It, it just Little by little, the one thing about a walk is I can't drive away. You you have no choice but to to be patient and listen to the answers. And so, um, I guess for, for me, the walk is 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 ninety percent of this is about listening and learning um, and understanding it from a ground level. Um, and that to me ha has been all the, the all the while that that's been the most worthy the the most. Um, noteworthy aspect of this entire walk. Um, not assuming any longer, not just reading the statistics, but actually hearing the people themselves. Um, and I get, and that, and that to me is why I felt the walk was necessary, but also I feel that if I could stay out here long enough, maybe we could begin the process of building relationships, building enough attention that we could begin to have, as I said, a national conversation that's not going to just go away. Um, as I say, you know, I just feel like if something tragic happens, it's like we're, we're as a country, we look at it for about five seconds and then the next big news comes on. Right. Um, and this time I said, I, I feel like if I could stay out here long enough, maybe we can keep that conversation going and we, we and maybe we won't turn the channel this time. Maybe we can continue and maybe new faces, new people can get involved in this conversation. Um, you know, policymakers, the whole works. Uh, and that was really my goal when when uh, when when thinking this through. So so you've obviously heard lots of stories for, for perhaps, you know, our listeners that maybe this is a new thing that they're becoming familiar with. Um, and, and you touched on a couple of stories, but let's share a story from the road um, that you've heard recently. Um, something that stands out in your mind in terms of how this impacts, you know, families and individuals you may have met. One story, and I want to say out of New York, uh, where a, a young black girl was taken, the mom has been standing up lately, and I'm trying to think of her name right now, but it's another story that that I, I, I ultimately really want to pay attention to and focus on because of all the, the missteps made by law enforcement along the way. Um, and this is a young woman that meets all the marks for she's educated, she's going to school, she's doing all the right things, she doesn't have a criminal background, she's pretty, she's beautiful, but so many mistakes were made once she went missing um, and her mom is on camera constantly and, and you know, just trying to uh, get help, trying to find trying to find answers to all of this. Um, and the reality is that it's just help is not coming. Um, and, and so it just once again, it's just it, 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 it hurts me to be able to understand that. What is it with this young lady that she can't receive the same national attention when she even when she meets all the meets all the criteria for this person that you're supposed to be. But the reality is I believe that if she was blonde haired and blue eyed, she'd make the cut, you know, mm -hmm. without that, she's not going to make the cut. Um, the reality is if you were to compare her career to Gabby Petito's career, 
I, I guarantee you she's going to stand out in every way. And I, and I hate to even say things like that, but they're because it's tragic what happened to Gabby and to her family. But the reality is, is that we do not make the cut. And, and when these type of cases are taking place and when someone should, even even someone like that should receive national attention, whatever that means, it, it's just once again, um, it's just what I'm walking for and what I want to talk about and what I want answers to. So. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. We are here with founder, activist, and advocate, Mr. France Beasley discussing the neglected epidemic of missing BIPOC women and girls and his My Sister's Keeper walk across the country for advocacy. So obviously there's a lot to carry with you. You mentioned the, the, the stories, you know, the, the stories you wake up to, um, you go to sleep with the stories and they all seem to be very heartbreaking. How do you keep yourself motivated when, when it's time to walk 40 miles you know, when you get tired, I'm sure you get tired. Like, where's your motivation come from? 
You know, it, it, I, the motivation uh, ultimately comes from uh, when you've heard enough mothers crying, uh, literally, and telling their stories, when you've heard enough family members, Ramses, I wake up every day with fuel to, to get back out there and walk. Uh, it, it, I, I could... I could name off a million reasons why I feel this is this is essential and it's important, but it, at some point you also realize how personal it becomes just to be able to honor these families, these people fighting for justice, and to realize also that I also understand I have an obligation and a responsibility to keep pushing because it is necessary that black and brown communities now get involved in this fight. Um, I believe that the missing and murdered indigenous community really has that movement sort of sets a blueprint for what a fight should look like. Um, okay. It doesn't have a lot of money. It's not well funded, but it has individuals. It's constantly opening new chapters constantly. Mm -hmm. As a framework. You, yeah, exactly. Right. And, 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 you, and you begin to understand that if they can, if we can adopt these same types of, of, of frameworks, if we could, if we can adopt and learn what they're doing, and I believe that if, if communities of color can actually start working together, because oftentimes, as I did, as I, you know, as I, I speak to other black men and black people across the country, interestingly enough, we, we a lot of us all grew up with brown communities and black and brown grew up together. I mean, oh, yeah. just, there's so much we are intermingled, intermingled within our communities. Imagine if we actually work together, pulling from each other, understanding each other, pulling resources from one another. You know, I believe that we can turn the tide on this. Um, but the first thing that that pushes me also is just within my own. I, I look at when I as a black man, I look at my black community, I look at my black, beautiful black daughters. I, I, I think about, you know, it's like, what is this going to look like when I hand it over to them and I'm too old to walk? And I, and I oftentimes think about that. We have to take this seriously. Um, when the numbers come out, you know, uh, Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, they just released those numbers. I mean, these are not ancient numbers. These are these are brand new numbers where they talk about, you know, we make up 13.5 percent of the U.S. population. Mm -hmm. But when you take black women and black girls, we literally make up 35 percent to 40 percent of those that are currently being trafficked. I mean, we're, we're not, we're, we're not, you know, when you think about the small number that we, we represent oftentimes that minority group and to think that we make up the majority uh, of a traffic number, we're talking about sex trafficking and to, to go on with life as though nothing, you know, th this isn't happening or our communities aren't being targeted. Um, yeah, it, it, it bothers me. It is what gets me up every morning. And, and, I, and I'm trying to think uh, every day, how do we engage our communities to take this seriously? To, and I'm not saying that communities aren't. I'm not saying that we don't have organizations that aren't addressing. Um, but this to me seems like something that this is a fight that we need to be in. Um, and we, it, it starts right now, you know, and, and I, I guess where I'm at right now, it, it's just it is a it, it is it is it is an epidemic. And and uh, and I just feel like we're in an age and we're in a time when this is our time to begin to do the pro to, to do the hard work, to get into good trouble. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this. I was sharing this with a group yesterday. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, who passed away, you know, the Supreme Court justice. She had a quote that I liked from her. I don't quote people a lot, but she said it, it's not enough just to know something. It's not enough just to have information. You, you got to do something. And, and when I hear the information, I hear these troubling statistics. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's an obligation as a black man to get involved with why are our black women and our black girls being targeted? Well, so so, you know, what, what, what's the, what's the right approach? I think that it's I think that the number one thing is 
I, I am the first one to admit, I don't have all the answers, mm -hmm. but I do believe that if, if we bring enough people that are actually concerned about this issue to the table, um, I believe that we'll get to that answer. Okay. Um, but the, the, you know, cause I, I feel like I, yeah, I could throw 10 things out on the table, but those 10 things may be, you know, I, I've oftentimes found myself that I kind of take a Socratic approach to life about a lot of things. It's like, I never, never start with thinking I have the answer. I'd, I'd like to be able to say, come to this table, let's talk this because you learn so much more when you have more involved, right. especially when people care. And I, and I think for me, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm after is bringing in as many as possible. Well, obviously you are a passionate individual. You're taking the charge with something that many people are not even familiar with. Um, and so there are lots of people I imagine are going to want to support or follow the story or, you know, whatever comes next. So before we let you go, let's make sure that folks can plug in with you. Where can they hear more about what's going on, your social media, websites, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. They, they can catch, uh, catch us through respectourdaughters.org. Um, they can also learn more about the walk, the My Sister's Keeper walk there. Um, they can also email us through the page also. Um, we also, I set up a generic uh, email just to, just to make sure that all the information to that, it's respectourdaughters at gmail.com. It's, it's, it's just as a quick one that we threw together uh, also. And they can also reach out to me through my own personal social media, Franz Beasley on Facebook. They're, they're not going to find another Franz Beasley, so, <laughs> so it'll be <laughs> easy to find. Um, but yeah, it, and, uh, and I look forward to connecting with people. Um, um, on this and 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 uh, yeah, so, so thank you, Ramses. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your time and all the information and the insight. Uh, obviously, it's a very important issue, and we very much needed to know about it and to talk about it. So we wish you well. We wish you safe travels and, of course, much success along the way. Um, once again, our guest today is the activist and advocate, Mr. Franz Beasley. And before I let you go, I'll leave you with this. Civil rights advocate and activist Rosa Parks had a great quote. To bring about change, you must not be afraid to take the first step. We will fail when we fail to try. Let us all leave this conversation inspired to renew our commitment to act. We each have an opportunity to make a difference in our lifetimes, in public or in private spaces, on large and small scales. Being the change, as they say, doesn't necessarily fit into any one box. May we all be moved by Mr. Franz Beasley's example and commit to making our best efforts to try. Let us each have the confidence and conviction to take all the steps we are called to take in life. And as we each do our part to leave the world a better place than we found it, let's not forget our sisters who have gone missing. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, 
and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.